it, everything that we do impacts it. You know, for mm-hmm. example, we've had athletes that we've worked with at, at our headquarters that they are not getting results. They are not seeing improvements. And mm-hmm. when you find out and when you ask, you know, start the conversation of, hey, you know, are you doing anything outside of here? Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm running pickup games three times a week yes. or I started, you know, mountain biking or whatever. We have to remember that everything that we do impacts our movement. Mm-hmm. everything yes like literally you know like just things that we don't really think are yes. exercise or a stimulus on the body they all impact it and that goes into sleep that goes into everything so if we're adding stress if we're not sleeping or any combination of that mm-hmm. we have to remember how it's going to impact these variables welcome to the hnl movement podcast where everything is geared to leveling up your performance in activities sports and life join me in my professional journey as i share my knowledge and experiences while also learning from professionals colleagues clients and you with one goal in mind how to optimize human performance this is the right place to learn how a multi-dimensional approach will sustain the performance and lifestyle you desire. Welcome back, everyone. I hope everyone is doing okay out there, especially with all of the concerns with COVID-19. And I hope everyone is relaxing, catching up on things that maybe they have been putting off to the side and also just spending some good time at home and spending some quality time with family and those around you. Today, we have a very exciting episode and it was a blast to record this. We have Brian Buck from Sparta Science. He is currently the director of sports at Sparta Science. And for those of you that are unfamiliar with Sparta Science, they have really come in and revolutionized the way that we train, rehab, and assess how we're actually moving at a certain point in time. So we're going to dive into all of that today. Before we jump into this episode, I wanted to share some brief information about Brian. Before he arrived at Sparta Science and joined their team, he actually started his career as a baseball player with the St. Louis Cardinals organization as an outfielder. And he shares a little bit about that journey and some of the injuries that have he had to deal with as a professional baseball player. And after that, he was He has a lot of experience and knowledge in the field of strength and conditioning. He was the strength and conditioning coordinator for the Colorado Rockies. He also was a strength and conditioning coach at the Boris Sports Training Institute and also has been a Nike master trainer for eight years prior to joining the Sparta team. Brian holds a degree in kinesiology and business from Arizona State University and also is a certified strength and conditioning specialist a registered strength and conditioning coach and has the certification through the USA weightlifting program. So he has a lot of experience and brings a lot to the table when it comes to strength and conditioning and even rehab and all of the new things that they're doing at Sparta. We hit on so many key points in this episode that I hope brings a lot of information and insight to all of you guys that are wondering what Sparta science is about. And we talk about how it's benefiting almost everybody, not only athletes, but all demographics. It's really an inside look at how they utilize the data and how they implement some of their training um, systems at Sparta Science. And also I share a little bit about how we've used it at Pro over the past almost three years now. 
it's really an episode that talks about the evolution of Sparta, some of the lessons we both learned, and how Sparta Science and, of course, us at Performance Rehab Ortho and myself are always looking to improve the way that we exercise and train. It was a pleasure to talk with Brian and share all of the innovation that Sparta Science is always working on and all of the things that they bring to the industry. But sit back, enjoy this episode, and let's jump straight into it. So welcome, Brian, to the podcast, and thanks so much for joining me this morning. And today's going to be a very interesting conversation about Sparta Science and we get to see a little bit about what you guys actually do at the Sparta facility. And give me a little background on what's your experience with Sparta? How did you fall into the company? And what's your experience with the training and now running all of the training programs and the rehab programs? Yeah, of course. And Andrew, thanks for having me on here. Um, you know, for myself, I, I've i been one of those guys who's just been really fortunate and, and I consider myself lucky to be in kind of the situations that I've been in um, and Sparta falling into Sparta, kind of one of those situations, you know, my background is um, in strength and conditioning. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, so I was an athlete that was actually always hurt. Okay. <laughs> um, which was a bummer. So that kind of led me into the field of strength and conditioning and how to do things better. And my, I started working in professional baseball as a strength and conditioning coach and, um, ended up working for the Colorado Rockies. And my first season with the Colorado Rockies as a strength and conditioning coach, we started our partnership with Sparta Science. Um, so at that time, I really didn't know much about Sparta Science. Uh, you know, I knew, you know, I knew a little bit about it, but didn't know how we were going to use it with the Rockies uh, or how we were going to apply it. And you know, several years down the road, I had an amazing experience using it, um, you know, in the trenches with my athletes, both from my return to play standpoint, um, understanding training adaptations, uh, all the above. Um, and then ended up after my time in baseball, which was six years, uh, work going over to Sparta Science and working with Phil Wagner and mm -hmm. his team. And I've now been there for just over three years. So, wow. Um, yeah, that's how I got to know it. Um, and then really saw a lot from it, which is why I ended up coming on board and, and being a part of the team. Uh huh. Yes, we know that um, you have that professional baseball background and baseball background. What were some of the injuries that you sustained throughout your career? How much time do you have, Andrew? <laughs> um. <laughs> as long as you want. Yeah. <laughs> No, I was, uh, I can, I consistently had soft tissue injuries going on, whether okay. it was just like a nagging groin, a hamstring quad. Uh, and then eventually basically the one that really hurt me the most during my time as an athlete in professional baseball was Tommy John surgery. Okay. So I had, uh, UCL reconstruction as a center fielder, which is pretty rare. Yes. Um, so I now understand it so much better and mm -hmm. it's, and it's, you know, it's one of those things I look back and I wish I would have had a tool like this to identify certain things back then. I wish I would have trained different, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, everyone has yes. a list of coulda, woulda, shouldas, and I'm not going to be that guy, but you know, uh, I could have definitely targeted and identified it. Um, you know, how I was moving and, and where mm -hmm. I was compensating and probably why I dealt with a lot of those things that I did. Yes. And I agree with you. A lot of times when 
you know, something like the Sparta science system, there's so many things that we wish that we had, you know, when we're an athlete or during our career, because it's providing so much more useful information. And it's really taking training smarter to a whole new level, I think. Um, What's funny about that is because I actually... So we use the Sparta Science System at Performance Rehab Ortho, and we have a very good relationship with all of you guys. You guys are super helpful and everything. So on the Sparta Science website, every time we have to log on or whatever, I see, I think this is your real score. There's the profile with Brian Buck, and there's a Sparta (laughs) score on there. And according to your Sparta score on the site, it says 89, which is for people that don't know, that's pretty high. 89 is pretty high. I think the highest I got to is like an 88. And that doesn't mean I'm an, a good athlete or anything. But how has how has a Sparta science really changed the way that you trained and moved throughout the years? That's a good question. And I really, when I first got introduced to the software, I was training under the guidelines that I was understanding from the research and and, in theory, Mm -hmm. what exercises, well, in theory at the time, what exercises would improve, you know, which variables based on um, the concept of those variables. So I, I have been training um, off the research and what we now know as Sparta Science since uh, I was introduced to it okay. back then, which is probably why my Sparta score is higher. Mm-hmm. I just have a better understanding of of why I move the way I do based off previous injuries, based off what I'm seeing from the software, and then having a better idea of how to address those and not not nearly how I trained back you know, when I was much younger, I was simply at that time grabbing a muscle and fitness magazine and just trying to do that (laughs) routine because I thought it would transfer to sport and it obviously didn't. Yes. Um, But uh, a lot of how I train is simply based on feedback I'm getting, you know, through the ground reaction force. What am I seeing? How am I trending? What can I change? And then really, I think at an older age now, and then you've probably come across this as well as listening to your body more and understanding when to take days off, Mm -hmm. when to do more active recovery days, when to actually elicit that adaptation that you've been pushing yourself to get. So probably seeing them more because I understand a little bit better now. Oh, definitely. And to give the listeners a little idea about what we're talking about, for those that are not familiar with the Sparta Science system, you can find a lot of this information at spartascience.com. But basically... I'll let you dive into this, Brian. But basically, every time we do your standard jump scan, your jump assessment, it's basically giving us a snapshot as to how you're moving at that point in time. And you relate it a lot to movement vital signs. So I'll let you explain a little bit more about what we're actually looking at with this information and data. Yeah, so we call it movement vital signs. You know, I think another term we call it is a musculoskeletal snapshot. And it's really where are you at right now? How is your nervous system functioning today? Um, How are you sequencing today? Because our physiology is consistently um, and constantly changing daily, Um, you know, let alone, you know, after a microcycle or a mesocycle, I think we constantly think that, you know, it only changes every few weeks or months or after whatever, and it's changing daily. So better understanding where we're at on that given day to um, better apply specific workloads, volumes, intensities, et cetera, 
um, almost as a readiness factor. And in fact, that's a big way that the military uses Sparta is really looking at where they're at and how they can increase readiness across their units. Um, so you talked about, okay, the Sparta score. Mm-hmm. And really what that is, is, okay, we, we're looking at three specific variables from from the jump. We're looking at what we call load, explode, and drive. Um, that's essentially going to be, you know, yes. average eccentric rate of force, um, relative um, concentric force, and relative concentric impulse. And really those are three pieces of the force time curve that we've seen mm-hmm. to be extremely meaningful. And I think if you look at the body of research out there on these phases, you'll see the same. Um, and so we're looking at those three and we're not looking at specific metrics in isolation. Um, yes. I think it's easy for people to do that. People get married to specific variables. I, I really got to look at this variable. It shows power. We love this variable, but it's not about isolated variables. It's really their, the relativity of all three of them together. Mm-hmm. And are they balanced? Are they not? Are there large discrepancies? Um, I think over time, what we've seen um, consistently over the last decade is that when there are large discrepancies between the variables, we've seen higher likelihoods of injury. Um, So if I can, you know, that Sparta score is really measuring, yes, output, you know, how high of, of force can we create, but really, can we disperse it efficiently? Um, and that's the value is really, you know, we, we, we often say we want to stay in a healthy imbalance, uh, but really it's keeping them within a healthy range to, to go out there and do what we need to do at the end of the day, whether that's sports skills, whether we're a stay at home mom and we just want to mm-hmm. feel better. Um, that relationship of variables is important. Yes, definitely. And I think you explained it. Well, extremely well there, because what I see in the clinic, too, is that a lot of people that are introduced to this, it's very different. I mean, data driven training and all of this information that we're getting from a jump scan, like what you just said, you said that things change on a daily basis. And we'll kind of elaborate some of the factors that might cause some of these changes. But people um, that scan and consistently scan. So it's kind of like when you're taking your vitals like your Uh blood pressure or whatever it is. If you just take your blood pressure once, you don't see all of the fluctuations and you don't get a true understanding as to what your body does on a consistent basis. And I think the people that come in and scan more frequently, whether that's through their season, through their off season, we kind of get to see all of the fluctuations and make more use of that information, I think, from the scans. Um, And I know that's something that you guys do sometimes with your in-season athletes too at Sparta Science. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right. And that was a good way to put it. Uh, You really build, you know, when you can get this longitudinal data, whether this be, you know, over a course of of several weeks and months or years, you're able to identify really how you move as as an individual on average and how you trend. Um, I think where that's important is that in times of stress and or other adaptations and and you are moving or sequencing in completely different ways that that's something to be noted you yes. need to understand when things are different you know i think you know, i can relate this to an athlete standpoint if a baseball player for example can you know consistently moves in a certain way and then 
something happens to them. Maybe it's an acute injury. Maybe it's something that they don't talk about. And all of a sudden they're sequencing in a completely different manner, but they're still going to go out there and get the job done. They're going to play regardless, but if they're sequencing completely different, that's, that's a risk. That's a risk Mm -hmm. factor where something could potentially happen on that given day or that given week. So understanding that if we can, have a higher frequency of testing, we can better identify these trends um, and take action when needed um, and, and really monitor. Yes, definitely. And comparing your data, right, along that longitudinal time frame, that's in itself invaluable. But I think the second component which Sparta brings to the table is that we're comparing yourself to all of the people that ever scanned in your database. So all of the information that you guys collect And you're seeing all of these injury trends, training trends, trends with even recovery, other other facets of performance. I think that is what makes Sparta special because you guys have so much information. That's the database is only growing every time someone scans. Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly, that's the really exciting piece about being involved with Sparta Science is that it's only going to continue to grow. Um, and get more accurate over time. Uh, and that that's important for anyone, right? That's important. Like if you didn't even play sports, you know, I think often we ask the question or we get asked like how strong is strong enough? Uh-huh. How strong do we need to be? And that's really where that normative data is extremely valuable is, you know, in comparison to my age range and population, where do I fall? Mm-hmm. Where do I lie within that? Um, and being able to address certain situations, you know, like that based on looking at the database and, and how you compare amongst your gender, population, sport, whatever you, it may be, um, having a better understanding of, of where we lie. So that normative data, I think not only, you know, when, you know, when people are healthy, but I think especially during times of return to play to yes. having that normative data um, and rehabbing from an injury to see, are we back to where we once were? Are we back to a quote unquote healthy range? Yes. Um, and really trying to take a lot of the subjectivity out and, and have a little bit of an objective lens. Yes, definitely. I think that's, that's huge. And I'll let you kind of touch upon how do you guys use it for that return to play? Because at our facility, we do use it for the athletes to just train. But I think the bigger the bigger way that we use it is to get people to return to play specifically, mostly after ACL injuries, but I'll let you touch on what you guys and what your experience is with how you utilize that return to play uh, facet of Sparta science. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think there's, you know, we look at the counter movement jump. We look at the jump scan to identify that load, explode, and drive, which I touched on earlier. I think that's important. I think there's other two pieces that maybe some people aren't as familiar with or aware of that we do. And mm-hmm. um, one of them is called the plank scan and mm-hmm. the other is called the balance scan. Essentially what they are is we're looking at the, you know, the balance scan, for example, you would be standing on the force plate, balancing on one leg at a time. Mm -hmm. And we do a couple rounds of this uh, and look at averages, but we're looking at essentially medial lateral sway, anterior, posterior sway, and then what we call rambling and trembling, which is essentially how often you fall off that center of pressure and how quickly you can correct. Mm -hmm. 
and and we're using a system here that's collecting over a thousand data points per second so it's very sensitive to um, fine movement um, and so we're able to identify okay uh, so-and-so or is very much more stable and has more proprioceptive ability here and whatnot. So basically, if we can gather a baseline metric on an individual, or we can gather a balance scan, for example, in the following week, they are to go and, you know, roll their ankle walking mm-hmm. down the stairs. Mm-hmm. Now, as soon as I'm able to bear weight again, I can stand on that plate and I can assess again, okay, where am I at? How stable am I? Or, mm-hmm. You know, is the strength of this joint coming back? You know, because oftentimes after an injury, it's going to be much lowered because it's going to be a far less stable. Yes. Um, you know, there's going to be some things going on there. Um, so we're able to say, okay, let's keep doing our program here as we as we know and as we've seen successful before. But this is really going to validate, okay, one, I'm doing my job and strength is coming back and stability is coming back. But sometimes the whoever we're working with whatever the patient they may rehab much quicker than we anticipated yes and if we can identify that compared to the baseline norms then we can even get them back you know living their life back to full sooner yes um, instead of keeping them on a standard protocol and at the same time and i've done this as well some people don't respond the way you think they would and that could be due to things off-site or outside of the facility we are unaware of but for whatever reason sometimes we have to pull the reins on someone and say you're not rehabbing as quickly as we thought let's take a step back and and you know go back to the drawing board here so that's really you know a quick um, overview of how we've used it a lot from return to play is again adding that objective lens and validating what we're doing as practitioners um, and then sometimes identifying when we're not getting the results we want to get. Most most definitely. And I think that's a good component of the system is because it's tracking so many so many variables at the same time. And like you said, it's taking a look at your whole body, not just the strength component, but everything from a neuromuscular standpoint, from that coordination, how able you're um, able to control movement, you know, put force into the ground and all of that. And I can honestly say with some of our patients, it's more than strength because your strong person or the person that's getting um, back their strength quickly, that does not necessarily mean that they're going to get a high Sparta score and vice versa. It doesn't mean that they're going to get a super low Sparta score either. I think you can't cheat the system is kind of what I've talked about with all of your different employees is that we're just looking at how you're moving at that snapshot. If you try to manipulate the system and try to do d- different variables and things like that, um, it just always ends up to show or demonstrate your true movement, I think, at that point in time. So that's an excellent thing with the balance scans, with the jump scan and everything. I think the way that we train, that just imprints their normal movement pattern that they're always going to revert back to. Yes. 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 And you can't really cheat the system or try to get a higher score or try to show that you're ahead of the curve with rehab. It's always going to balance out and show your true movement potential at that point in time. And I think that's what I've come to learn too. It's very, very sensitive how you guys are collecting that data. And it's really how you use that data to make um, intervene or make their training program and adjust how the things 
you know, what needs to be addressed for that individual. So I think that's a excellent strong suit of the Sparta science system that I have seen for almost two years now. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I, you know, I think too, I think a lot of people ask a lot of questions about, okay, the jump scan, uh, that's great. Now we're looking at, you know, left and right on mm-hmm. the plank and balance. I think that's valuable to look into. I think it's good to identify, you know, the difference between left and right. We found really found that in the plank and balance, uh, you can get that information. I think uh, uh, the, if I could say one thing that I've I've seen people do that I don't necessarily seen backed by a lot of the research is, is identifying to try and adjust asymmetries. I think it's good to know where they lie and if they start to get larger discrepancies, but always trying to only want to look left and right and try and fix that mm. is, uh, is a little bit hard to do to sim- simply because most every one of us yes. is not balanced. <laughs> we, we all have asymmetries. Yes. Um, that's very common. Um, so to always think that we need to correct them is sometimes mm-hmm. doing a disservice to an individual because maybe that's yes. just how we move when we do well like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I think identifying where they're at, how can I keep them in this safe range? Um, when should I take action? Um, and also understanding trends that we've seen across sports, you know, for example, you know, I, I speak a lot of the baseball world cause I spent a lot of time there, but we would typically see on the plank scan that right, or that throwing shoulder be more mm-hmm. lax and actually show a mm-hmm. lowered T score. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would at the same time, see that landing leg on pitchers be more stiff and more mm-hmm. stable. And it's a lot of times, because as you mentioned earlier, the stimulus that we put on our body consistently is going to be kind of how we move and how we adapt. Yes. Um, That doesn't mean that we need to fix it, but we need to be aware of specific trends. And again, we can look at some of the normative data to understand that a little bit deeper. Yes. And I definitely think you can use that information to train that athlete more efficiently. Like you said, I think the Sparta, the overall Sparta score will give you a lot of information and insight to what's working and what's not. Because if you address some corrections that maybe make that athlete good at their task or their sport, then, you know, you're going to see that it might have a negative detrimental effect over the long term. And you really got to reassess what are we doing as far as the training with it. Um, also, along those lines, kind of like how you talked about with the ACL injuries, and these are some things that I've seen, is that there's certain people that, yes, they're going to be naturally ahead of the curve when it comes to movement. And throughout that rehab process, I mean, I have ACL athletes that maybe their sport involves a lot of jumping. So their coordination with a jump task is very advanced, even after something like an ACL surgery. And when we actually do start to jump scan them, typically what we like to do is the earliest I've done a baseline is about four months and it's very submaximal, but typically Mm -hmm. around that five month period, that's when I'm getting them to do a baseline jump scan just to see where they're at. And Mm -hmm. some athletes following their ACL surgery at five months, it's like your jump scan is really good compared to the normative data. But the Mm -hmm. way that we explain it is that you're just way more advanced in the curve of, you know, restoring that movement. So we just know that your potential is a lot higher than the average person. And that kind of gives us insight and information as to how we're going to attack the next month or so versus someone that maybe they're doing good in the strength department, like you said, or even like 
other types of strength tasks that are slower they're very good at but their jump score and that coordination of that more complex movement they're a little bit behind the curve so that gives us information too not seeing that you're doing you know your your progress is slow in that acl project uh um in that acl rehab but it's just saying that okay we have to address certain other other areas that maybe is suited more for you and not suited for that athlete that's a little bit more along the curve so exactly like what you're saying it's taking in this information and tailoring it into that specific athlete or individual to get the most out of their rehab and their strength program yeah and i i couldn't agree more and i like how you say it gives us information this is is a tool for you to better understand the adaptations that you're seeing like that's that's really what it is this is not a you know, completely black and white, if this and this and this, it is really a good tool to oftentimes validate what you're already seeing and confirm certain things, um, Mm. which is how it should be used. And I think you do a good job of that. I think another thing that you, you talked about there is worth noting as well is that even if a jump or an assessment is submaximal, mm-hmm. you can still glean very good insight from that because, again, when you're looking at load, explode, and drive, you're really looking at that relationship amongst yes. variables and how the individual is sequencing from the ground up, mm-hmm. not necessarily looking at pure output of it, how high they are, but what's the shape and how are they moving? Because mm-hmm. we can really understand a lot from that. And I had similar experiences with like, you know, older veteran athletes in the past or guys that were beat up that I didn't necessarily want to get a full maximal effort from, but mm-hmm. I wanted to better understand how they were moving. And in that case, a submaximal jump would tell me and I would help and help identify what's going on. Yes. The other key point with that, with the submaximal jump, and I think a lot of people might look at the Sparta science system and just think, okay, we're just touching like just the movement standpoint. But for someone that has been through a lot of injuries or might be beat up, a lot of it is just to make them understand a lot more, get them to buy into the training philosophy and also help them mentally sometimes too. Because if you see objective data for a lot of our athletes, it helps to make them understand like that's why we're doing certain things or that's why you're coaching me uh, with these exercises in these ways because I can see the data and as they make improvements, they start to see the change. And if it's positive, especially, I think it's a huge confidence boost. It helps them mentally. It helps them more than just the physical movement standpoint. Oh, you couldn't be more accurate <laughs> here. And I think we always say, mm-hmm. say like, and, and as uh, I know this really well, but I think most people could identify with this. Like rehabbing is lonely. <laughs> yes. It is that is a as a rough time i think mentally for a lot of people specifically mm-hmm. for athletes mm-hmm. you know you're 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 isolated you're you're the hurt one you're you're not contributing you know and that really goes in any um facet and you know not just athletes but we all feel lonely when when we're hurt so mm-hmm. I, you know that's a that's a big piece of of seeing improvements and and helping with that overall morale then i think you're also talking about the transparency in showing the individual that you're working with on improvements or not. And I think this is one, this is one area that I think, I think we hang our hat on at Sparta Science is even athletes that we have in house at our headquarters in, in Menlo Park, California, we will tell them if they're not moving better, mm-hmm. we will tell them they're getting worse. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas that's not common. 
in a lot of training uh, gyms, you know, or personal trainers, they never say that. Mm -hmm. They never say that. And we say it because it creates a better conversation about why that adaptation isn't occurring. Mm -hmm. Um, It holds them accountable. It It holds us accountable um for why you know we're not seeing what we want to see and i think you know from a buy-in standpoint that's huge but i can i can relate that to when i was a strength coach with rockies when we would scan somebody on the jump scan we would tell them where they were low we would tell them what exercises they're going to see more of in their program Uh um, to address what qualities and then when we would retest and we were seeing improvements, I mean, we were celebrating those small victories. Yes. Like that's a, you know, so I really love the transparency of it uh, from a buy-in standpoint, from a seeking the truth standpoint Mm -hmm. um, and to an overall, here's why we're doing this and X, Y, and Z, and then let's go do it. Um, so I, I love that you, you say that because I've had similar experiences and I think at the end of the day, we all want to be held accountable and we all want to improve. So let's really find out how and why and let's do it. Yes. And that's where the Sparta system, the data is invaluable. It's just a matter of how you're going to interpret it and how you're going to use it and communicate that back to the athlete. And on that line, I mean, yeah, it helps. It's so important and it helps them improve their overall performance lower injury risks but the other thing i wanted to touch on with you too is that you guys see other you guys are making under other uh, connections correlations to what affects the sparta score too and these are other areas that may not even be related to training as much it might be like their sleep schedule their stress maybe other things on their mind um maybe even schoolwork or professional life, you see that they do have a influence directly or indirectly into how we're going to move on that day that we're scanning. Uh, what, what kinds of things can you touch on with that? Well, yeah, I think it, everything that we do impacts it. You know, for mm-hmm. example, we've had athletes that we've worked with at, at our headquarters that they are not getting results. They are not seeing improvements. And mm-hmm. when you find out and when you ask, you know, start the conversation of, hey, you know, are you doing anything outside of here? Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm running pickup games three times a week yes. or I started, you know, mountain biking or whatever. We have to remember that everything that we do impacts our movement. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yes. Like literally, <laughs> you know, like just things that we don't really think are yes. exercise or a stimulus on the body. They all impact it. And that goes into sleep that goes into everything. So if we're adding stress, if we're not sleeping or any combination of that, mm-hmm. we have to remember how it's going to impact these variables. And, you know, I'll bring up a variable such as load or average eccentric rate of force. We oftentimes, you know, talk about that being your strength is it do you have strength or not can you produce force or not Mm -hmm. and we're talking about that's not an adaptation that occurs overnight Mm -hmm. and if we really want to improve that variable and increase that adaptation of strength and and force production we better have our ducks in a row we better be Mm -hmm. sleeping we better be you know avoiding things that just bring on fatigue and, and disrupt that adaptation that we're trying to that we're seeking yes so that Sparta score is a great intel of where we're at, how we're adapting, 
what improvements are we making? And if we're not, we need to have an honest conversation with ourselves or, or with our habits outside of the facility of what needs to be improved. Yes, definitely. And I think that's where, again, that scan frequency comes into play because I, I, I know you guys have seen this a lot. I have seen it a, a few amount of times um, that if you scan someone in season, you can potentially catch something that could snowball and be more problematic in the future if you yep. just adjust what variables and have that conversation with the athlete and rescan them maybe in a few days or another week and see, yep. okay, are you, are you going back to your normal movement signature or, or that baseline movement? Um, mm-hmm. And then really, really prevent them from going through that cycle for like a month. And then before you know it, at a month, they're getting all of these soft tissue injuries, or if not worse, like a season ending injury. A lot of that can be prevented if we just look at the data and look at it more with a fine, fine scope lens. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree. And you, that's, that's the monitoring aspect of it and really staying on, you know, what we're seeing. I think an example there would be, okay, um, you know, let's say somebody tweaks their knee in season, right? They bang it hard mm-hmm. or whatever happens to their knee. Now, naturally, what we do is we compensate. We're still going to figure out how to move, but we're going to have some compensation issues. So if I if I mess my knee up, I'm typically not going to flex on my front side and squat very well. So to get in that position, I'm probably going to compensate and choose to hinge. So I'm going to keep more vertical shin angles as Mm -hmm. opposed to positive shin angles. And I'm going to hinge. Now, if I do that for weeks, let alone or months, Mm -hmm. I create a completely new sequencing pattern in how I squat or how I move. And that could quickly lead into, you know, dysfunction elsewhere, muscular strains, um, all from avoiding trying to avoid the pain of something that that's occurred. Mm-hmm. And these are things that happen all the time. Like these, you know, yes. we get beat up playing sports. So yeah. I'm not going to not play. I'm mm-hmm. just going to figure out how to get out there and get it done in a new pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can identify these quickly, we can, you know, quickly get on them and, and, and get them into moving better and sequencing the way they should, as opposed to letting a new habit form. And yes. then now we're kind of dealing and something is snowballing from there. Yes, most definitely. And we so we talked a lot about the assessment and how we're using the information and the score. But what I want to say, too, is for everyone listening, is that really we're using the data to drive the exercise recommendation and exercise prescription. And it's not like we're only doing certain exercises. I mean, you guys do accessory movements um, at Sparta too, but there's a few core exercises that you guys have found based off of the data that makes a change in load exploder drive. And I think that's the key component right there because we're seeing the exact same thing. It's like you can you can pick probably 20 different exercises that you think would uh, cater to their movement signature, what's going to give them a better combination. But you guys have narrowed it down to like a few like three exercises for each one um yeah and that makes the biggest improvement i think yeah what what kinds of things can you share about that yeah we and that's so there we did a you know we did uh, a four-year study that was published in the journal of strength and conditioning mm-hmm. where we found and we had to classify because as you and i both know we none of us call exercises the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think Phil Wagner, our CEO, has joked about this. Like, 
you might call it a, a Bulgarian split squad. I might call it a split squad. <laughs> if you're really advanced, you call it a RFE split squad. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like there's so many, there's so much different nomenclature and there's so much different terminology. Yes. So to to do the study, we had to classify everything. We had to classify the movement. We had to classify, you know, whether it was a barbell or it was a cable. We had to classify sets and reps because those mm -hmm. are all going to, um, you know, include different adaptations on our physiology. Mm -hmm. So we had to classify all this. And then we did a four-year study where we basically found out what exercises impact which variables. Mm -hmm. So we know internally what we've seen from that. We know what we've seen anecdotally through our training. Uh, the thing is, though, we provide that information. We know that information. Mm -hmm. However, I would say this. All of our partners use it differently and mm -hmm. still put different exercises in there um, based on their theory of how that's going to um, help that individual. And that's the, the beauty of it is like mm -hmm. take what we know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if we work with 100 plus, you know, sports organizations, they all have that might be 100 plus different philosophies. Mm -hmm. Um, and training. So, you know, we can go, we can share what we know and we can share what we've seen anecdotally and then apply it how you think it's going to best fit your system and your flow of operations. Um, and then the ultimate test is the retest. Now, when mm -hmm. I retest, are these exercises improving them? Are they not? And I think oftentimes what I've found and what I share is that it's not so much of what you're adding to a program. It's oftentimes more about what you take out of a program. Yes. Um, because it's feeding a stimulus or it's feeding um, one of these, you know, movement patterns that is a high discrepancy or much higher than the others, mm -hmm. which could be, you know, um, increasing risk for an individual. So oftentimes it's what I can take away more than what I add in. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think you explained it very well is that everyone, all of the partners that you guys work with, everyone has a good understanding. And I think that's based off of experience of using the tool. I can share some of my experience and I've, I've shared this yeah. with Sarah and everything is that it really, and this is what we do. I mean, we do rehab and, you know, I, I can say we, we've gotten great results before, but when we got the Sparta science system, it was really understanding how are you guys applying this and our knowledge and experience of applying the same exercises to our patient population. And it probably took a good six months before I started to get similar results to what you guys were explaining. And that's mm -hmm. not because we weren't using the Sparta system. It was just, again, finding out how to make everything work together with what we're doing too. And sometimes mm -hmm. that required taking out some of the things that we thought were um, effective, but it's just because maybe what you guys were presenting was a little bit more effective as far as the movement signature. Um, for a lot of people that do experience the Sparta, I think they just have to be patient with that and just have to get the experience with a volume of patients, which is, I guess, the luxury that I have is that we're a relatively high volume clinic. So I'm, I was testing it out on myself, on other patients and everything. And after that six month mark, I think that's when we really started to get similar results to what you guys were explaining so uh -huh. that's where you know we understand how to incorporate these exercises how to make the changes how to coach it and the one thing that i do want to say is after that first year or so we even tried to give some of the clients coming off of rehab or performance training we tried to give them the exercises to do on their own so they were doing it outside of our facility 
mm-hmm. um, without our supervision or expertise, you know, kind of giving them um, up to date, like queuing and coaching and, you know, giving them that information so that we can make changes faster. And what we're seeing was there was a big discrepancy between the people that tried to do it on their own, even though they were doing the exercises and the mm-hmm. ones that were doing it in the, in the facility. And the only reason that I can explain that is not to say that they weren't doing it or they weren't doing it well. It's just that we were able to get the data and kind of tailor it to that specific individual when they're coming in on a regular basis versus if you're training on your own, right? You might not have all of the up to date or those, you know, fine tuned details that make or break the progress of your training. And is that something that you guys see too at the Sparta, Sparta facility? Yeah, no, we absolutely do. Um, because again, you, when you're around the system more, you're in your facility, you're getting that feedback mm-hmm. on what's working, what's not able to make changes quicker um, when you could be doing something for a long time and maybe not doing it so well mm-hmm. um, and not, and then you assess and okay, yeah, I'm not getting the results I thought I was getting. We actually, um, and you know, I think exercises are just exercises. I think really, what a lot of people don't talk about is the the exact way that they're done or the way Mm -hmm. that they, you know, a squat is not a squat. I've talked about this before, you know, there's, you know, there's a front squat where you have a vertical torso and you're getting, you know, positive shin angle, knees Mm -hmm. over toes. And there's, you know, there's a low bar back squat where you are vertical shin angles and you're just hinging it down. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be two different stimuluses on the body. Yes. Um, both will help, I think, with, you know, improving, you know, rate of force production, et cetera. However, you might get, you know, completely different results from the two. Yes. Um, so that's where if you can assess more, you're able to see things quickly um, and identify what's working and what's not working. And I think there's a time and place for each of those methods. I just think it depends on how you're moving at the time and and the, the stimulus you're seeking. Yes, so, most definitely. And we had this, I had the experience when I was with the Rockies, we had, we kind of put some data together. There were those who trained with us um, at our facility all off season. There were those who trained on our program Mm -hmm. um, only at a satellite location. And then then there were those who didn't do our program at all. And Mm -hmm. we were able to identify the difference in, in injuries percentage per group per, you know, and able to identify which ones were most successful at staying healthy. And, you know, I'll let you guess as to which one you think there, but it was, it was really, again, exactly to the point you're making the ones who are getting feedback more often Mm -hmm. and the ones who can make, um, you know, you know, subtle changes more frequently, um, you know, based on their physiology and how they're adapting. um, Those are the groups that are more successful. So being around it more and getting more of that, that feedback is, is extremely helpful. And I think the research will back that as well. Yeah, definitely. And, not only because I work with you guys and I have the Sparta Science System, but anybody that has the opportunity to train at a facility that understands the system, hands down, you should do it because it's going to give you, it's going to put you so much more ahead. It's going to get you lowering injury risk, just elevating your performance, and you're really going to understand how your body moves. I think that's the key thing for all of these athletes is that it's not just training, it's understanding what kinds of things are going to work specifically for your body. And that's what Sparta has done extremely well, I think. Um, on that on that note, I, I know I know you're really busy, so 
we won't go too much longer. We'll start to wrap it up here. But I just wanted to get your um, perspective kind of as you were training with Sparta early on when they were developing all of this data and the system. How has Sparta evolved throughout really the past, what is it now, like seven, eight years? Yeah, no, I think I started using it at the end of 2012. Okay. Um, so <laughs> how it's evolved, uh, it's evolved in a few ways. Um, I think the how quickly you get the information now mm. is unparalleled. I think literally after you're done with your last jump, your numbers will pop up. Yes. That was not the case. Um you know, back then, uh, it was a little bit longer to get that feedback. So, you know, it's changed in that sense. It's really, I mean, obviously the database has grown and the insights are much more clear, but I think, um, with the addition, um, of the plank and balance, uh, over the last several years, that's been a huge piece, um, for return to play. So I think those are the database growing in those specific assessments has been huge because the information that we glean from that is so much more clear and pinpointed. Mm -hmm. uh, but what I also would say is that I don't think people know this, but you know, we're not a hardware company, so we're not a force plate company. We mm -hmm. do use a force plate, um, but really it's just the, the needle to draw the blood to get this information. Um, we, <laughs> You know, we don't just hand out the hardware and say run with it. Mm -hmm. It's really we have an office in San Francisco full of, you know, 20 developers, engineers and data scientists that are consistently and constantly combing through this data. Mm -hmm. So they're growing these statistical models to have a better understanding of, you know, if this, then this or higher likelihood of this. Right. So if you can consistently have you know, more data scientists getting their hands on this and running it, and we're able to better identify norms, we're able to um, better to able um, identify risks. I mean, you name it, it's all getting better. So we have this team that's just on this mission of growing these models, having a better clarity of what means what, and, and in that sense, letting our partners know exactly what's going on too. And I think that's always been the fun part is once we learn more internally, mm -hmm. we share that with our partners and it's uh, always getting better. So I think that was a fun part. I remember as a strain coach, when Phil would call, he would be, Hey, guess what we're finding. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing this. And it was like, always like a, Whoa, he's like, we thought we've talked about that, but now we're actually seeing it in the data consistently. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that, as we grow and as we get more data scientists and all these people with our hands on this, we can translate this data back to the everyday practitioner to really make better decisions based on what we have because we all don't have time to comb through this data ourselves. Mm -hmm. We just don't have that time. We need to be able to do it quickly and it's got to make our lives easier. So that's really been the growth of it is really seeing where it's gone from you know, a smaller database to now a very large database and now with a whole team that's combing through it consistently. Mm -hmm. No, that's exactly right. And I think you guys do a very great job with communicating back to uh, people that have it in their facility. Even our conversations or when I talk to Sarah, um, all of the new trends, she's very clear about, hey, this is what we're looking into or these are some of the new correlations that we're finding. And it's everything from like, looking at certain movement signatures maybe that correlates with you know a, 
uh, immobile T-spine, or maybe that mm-hmm. cor- correlates with how you're using your shoulder even. Um, mm-hmm. So you see all of these different trends. And of course, it's, it's kind of the art of what we do to make sure that we're addressing them in the clinic. But all of these different trends that you guys see, that's all data driven. And that's, that's just going to grow in the future. And vice versa, I have reported back maybe a handful of people that we've scanned that they didn't train with us, but we just got their scan. And because we're part of an orthopedic group, obviously we have, you know, access to all of their healthcare and everything. And maybe six months down, it's like, Hey, they suffered this injury because they went to the doctor for it. So then I report those injuries back to you. um, Uh Just because we have their data. They're one of our patients, but it's like keeping trends of, Hey, you know what? Six months ago, this was what you were moving like. And this is kind of, what happened down the road and you know just making more more sense of some of the information that you guys are collecting with the system no 100 percent. i think that's actually one piece that i didn't explain very well is how much we actually learn from our partners well we we like to give information to our partners i think more selfishly we like learning from our partners uh-huh. um and, and guys like yourself and organizations that we work with that are reporting things back that they're seeing um, specific trends that they're that they consistently see or injuries and outcomes that are important that we're seeing uh, those all help us to better grow this database and to have more clarity and it's a um it is that's the fun part for us we learn from our partners just as much as they learn from us and i feel like that's where the relationship is so extremely valuable yes it, it has been great so far i mean you guys are very helpful very innovative and you guys collaborate a lot is before i let you go is there any new innovations or new things that you guys are working on at sparta that you guys are excited to get out there in the world uh i i think we're always uh always looking at things at sparta i think again and i kind of mentioned it uh, they can um our data scientists Mm -hmm. growing our statistical models i think we're always going to have new stuff coming out on what we're finding and what we're seeing um i will say this we just released we uh did our series b funding um and are growing as a company uh Mm -hmm. so uh, it's it's always a, a fun time as Sparta when we're able to grow our team and bring more value into what we're already doing. Um, so um, you may notice this, and people ask this a lot, like, "Hey, are you guys, you know, because we are cons- uh, constantly testing everyone that trains at our facility, even tests we're doing on four spades that we don't make a part of what we do every day mm-hmm. or what you guys do at your facility." I think we're always trying to find the next thing. We're always trying to find the piece of data that is extremely relevant and that all of our partners can use. And so we always get asked on our social media, Hey, you guys are doing that. Like, what are you seeing? So I think, uh, you know, and just in closing, we're, we're always looking at what else or what else is important and and how it can be applied and how it can help us in our everyday. So um, just always growing at Sparta. And I think that's the fun piece and, and, and I hope, you know, everything I'm saying is just completely outdated here in the next year because we're consistently finding more important things that we share with, with the world, essentially. Yes, I, I would agree. You guys are growing rapidly. And that's the fun part of working with a company like you is that you're dedicated to performance. You're there to help all the the clients, the athletes and people that have your system in their facility, too. And it's very exciting. It's very exciting. And I I know that we have another I think we renewed for three years. So we have another two years on our contract and same thing, same mindset is that if I'm 
addressing the Sparta or applying the Sparta system the same way that I am six months ago, then I'm not evolving with you guys too. There's tons of information. Exactly. That, yes, exactly. So I, I mean, thanks so much though. I know you're very busy and you got to get back to work and everything. Um, but thanks so much. I know this will help a lot of a lot of athletes that just have questions about what the Sparta Science system is. I'll link to the SpartaScience.com website in the sh- in the show notes below. And yeah, if anyone has any questions, I mean, just take a look. You guys have a lot of free content up, up out there, a lot of blog posts explaining some of the things that we just talked about. And I'm excited to see what the future holds. Yeah, yeah, I, I am as well, Andrew. And thank you so much for having me on today. And uh, I already told Sarah I'm the I'm the next one coming out to visit. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, she disagreed, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I'll come out there soon, and and we'll get together while I'm out there. But I really appreciate you having me on. Definitely, Neil. Thanks so much for spending some time. And I still got to make it out to Sparta facility myself. So someday we'll meet up soon. And yeah, thanks so much for coming on. <laughs> of course. <laughs> 